This is the Jocko Underground Podcast with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. And okay, we, we, we are a part of society. Mm-hmm. No way to get around that, right? Okay, even, if you're, even if you're living out in the middle of nowhere, you are going to have to brush up against society. So we've got this thing going on right now, probably at a scale that's never gone on before in my opinion, and that is the world of advertising right now, just constantly trying to capitalize on human beings' desire for immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. And what, what can we do to protect ourselves, our friends, the people we know, against this onslaught of just onslaught <laughs> of, yes. of uh, advertising and and attention seeking yeah. that's out there for us. I'm gonna go ahead and start off. Uh, this is one of the tell us the story for the 474th time about the book Mind Games. Oh yeah, Mind Games. And how it made you feel like you shouldn't lose your temper and the kind of trick you paid, played on yourself. Because I think this is a similar thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mind Games is Mike Powell, by the way, is the author. So it's not a book like what you'd think, just to, to clarify. It's not like this. It's like a, a book with these teeny tiny short chapters that are some are just little puzzles, some are this, and then some are little explanations and stuff. Anyway, one of them was anger management mm-hmm. or losing your temper, something like that. I forget which chapter it was, but it was about anger management. And in there, it said a lot of things, but one of the main things was that ang- like people with sh- a short temper or get people who get angry really easily usually comes from low self-esteem in that. And that that was always like a shameful thing growing up. Just, you know, in school they teach you self-esteem or whatever. And I always thought to myself, how can someone have low self-esteem? That's kind of embarrassing to like have low self-esteem. I didn't even know really what it was. It just sounded real bad. So for whatever reason, that was ingrained in me where it's like you, if you can avoid displaying that you have low self-esteem, you should avoid that. I've always thought that or whatever. So... Yeah, when it said that, I was like, huh, and it made sense, too. And, it, and, and you used to have a bad why. temper. <laughs> no, never. I never had a bad temper. You used to get angry? You used to show anger? Yeah, uh, more loosely. So, I mean, no. So, so why the, was this a big deal? Because it said the word self-esteem. Uh-huh. So it's so to me, I overkilled it, and I was like, anytime you get angry, you just have low self-esteem. Got it, got it. And got I it. went back to work just preaching it, preaching it to everybody, like all the bouncers or whatever, mm-hmm. like where it's like, yeah, man, if you get – and think about it because they explain it. They, mm-hmm. It doesn't just say that and then move on. It explains everything, whatever. Um, talking about controlling your environment and like all this stuff, right? So it, it just hit me real hard. And to me, I took it as, hey, if you get mad, even though it says in there, anger is a natural part of life, you know, all this stuff. It, I took it as like, yeah, if you get mad and openly display your anger, you have low self-esteem. That's how it landed on my brain. You, the way you've told me that story before is like you played a trick on yourself of like, oh, if I get angry, that means I have low self-esteem yes. and I'm not going to be that guy. Exactly right. So I think here, this is an opportunity for us to play a trick on ourselves, kind of, or use that same methodology mm-hmm. to say, oh, if I'm actually allowing this stuff to influence me, I have a weak mind. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that's what it is. If you can't get off your phone, if you can't put down the stop scrolling, if you can't do that, your freaking mind is weak and it's being invaded. Yeah. It's being invaded by someone that's smarter and stronger than you and is taking advantage of your weakness. Playing you for a sucker. Playing man. you for a sucker. Yeah. As we used to say. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what you gotta do. You gotta take a step back, you gotta recognize what's happening, and you gotta realize you can't let it happen. You gotta get some control back and not allow these, uh, I mean, to me, when when we talk about advertising, we're just talking about social media now. I mean, have have you ever watched a, a show in the last, well, when's the last time you watched a show where you had to watch a commercial? Like the Super Bowl, maybe? Yeah. Right, because everyone does streaming right. or on demand. On demand, So DVR. it's not like the old yeah. days where you were kind of subjected. When I was a little kid, you were subjected to advertisements. Because yep. you were watching a show, you were freaking addicted to that little TV set, yep. Saturday morning cartoons, and they were going to play the whatever advertisement on there to yeah. get you to buy whatever. Sure. But it was, you, you, it was involuntary. Yeah. You were subjected to it. Now... I mean, I even have YouTube Red or YouTube Premium. Premium, sure. Yeah. And when I when I go on someone that doesn't have YouTube Premium, I get mad. Brutal. Like I, I think I don't get mad, but I think you're you're. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think YouTube Premium is ten bucks a month. Actually, I think it was nine ninety nine when I signed, but they jacked that price up now. Yeah. It's like thirteen bucks now. But so I'm not even subjected to advertisements on YouTube. By the way, that's amazing. Yeah. When you have no advertisements on YouTube. Mm. People, it's when I when I suffer through someone else's YouTube right now, yeah. and they click on a video to watch it, and they got to watch a thirty second ad or whatever. I think, what are you doing? What a waste of time! What are you doing? So, I'm not subjected to it there. So, so really, the place you get subjected to it is social media, and you yeah. click on this thing, or the thing pops up, yeah. and it just happens to be algorithmically connected to something that you searched yesterday mm-hmm. and it's just isn't that strange you'll search for something and then it just pops up all day long oh, yeah. related stuff too so what do you need to do detach take a step back see that you're being tricked and don't allow yourself to be tricked that's the way i look at it yep straight up tricked. and it, here's the thing i mean good thank you for that advice but as mo- like most things bro it's it goes deep. It goes deep. And it goes so deep that it's not all bad. Like appropriate advertising is good for you and your goals. Like if I want to. Don't I look, you like watching YouTube commercials? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> issues. I like sometimes watching. And my daughter's the same way where, well, here's the thing. And th- that's another trick too, by the way. But it's not a trick against me. It's a trick for me in a way where if you notice commercials now are like they're fun to watch like they're clever commercials it's not like old school back in the day commercials where it's like oh freaking buy this sponge (laughs) you know (laughs) but it's different now now they're entertaining now they got celebrities in there now they got jokes now they got humor they got special effects they got like bro it's entertaining commercials are entertaining now I realize now right now that you're talking about your own commercials for Jocko Fuel sometimes yeah sometimes (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that's part of the game now that's the entertaining commercials of which you Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think so. Oh, nonetheless, man. nonetheless, nonetheless, that's how it is nowadays. And then, I don't what is it, advertising versus um, marketing? I like watching your commercials. Thanks, Jocko. Thanks, thanks, Jocko. AD, assistant director. The 
I don't know if there's a there is a difference advertising and marketing. I don't know what's what, but nonetheless, we'll just. I don't know. K dogs over here nodding his head like you just struck gold. Right? So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know the difference. So let's just say marketing, because really that's kind of essentially what we're talking about. Where and there, it's ever sure an actual advertisement will be played on this and there, and you click here and whatever. That's an actual advertisement, but marketing is freaking deep and it goes super deep. So, like. If you, if I see you wearing a XYZ shirt and I like you and I look up to you, you just marketed that XYZ shirt mm-hmm. to me, even though you just wore it because it was comfortable and you didn't even know anyone was going to see you that day. But that's marketing already because it influenced me to think, to see value in that shirt because I look up to you. If it's good enough for you, it's damn for sure good enough for me. See what I'm saying? Effective marketing right there. And that's just like a branding kind of situation, but you can go like, um, look, if I'm looking for freaking uh, books on how to improve my freaking archery, mm-hmm. right? And one is like talking about the trigger, or I don't know, I'm just making up these terms. I shot, <laughs> shot a bow and arrow the other day. Anyway, and I find a book and I'm like, cool, this is a good one. And then I go online again and it shows me another book. Cause I, it obviously the algorithm, you know, determined that I'm obviously looking for books for, to improve my archery, it's going to show me another one. That helps me with my goal. Like, it helps me. Mm-hmm. So advertising can help, of course, the companies that are advertising, whatever, but it helps me too. So you got to kind of discern, like, what's helping me and what's just luring me and using me as a pawn overall, you know? So it's like, yeah, how you said, like, yeah, it plays off your immediate gratification. Sure, yes, it does. And those are the ones you want to, like, avoid. You know how they, they'll get the perfectly manicured hamburger with the glistening and it's cgi by the way it's not even a real hamburger it's like mm-hmm. the, the computer hamburger but That's it looks so good you know and they'll show it to you at a certain time you know like right before lunch 11 a.m <laughs> something like this because they know they know lunch is coming up see what i'm saying or they'll put certain colors on certain um advertisements that like are proven apparently I don't know, but apparently they're proven to make you more hungry. Mm. Like I guess red and yellow, it's like makes you more hungry. Like tiger stripe. <laughs> no, bro, no. Red and yellow apparently makes you more hungry, bro. Okay. That's what I heard. Nonetheless, it goes deep. But I'm saying it's an advertising, not all bad. That's the hard part. Yeah. So you got to navigate. I think you should definitely uh, set up some filters in your brain yeah. and try not to click on things. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but your, yours is super simple because you're like function straight up. Yeah, anything after that is all extra credit. Well, I was looking at one of my kid, my kids' grams. Sure, and they had advertisements every third or fourth scroll. Do you know what I'm saying? So every third or fourth thing that they would scroll past was yeah. an advertisement. And that was on when you said your kids. That was that. That was on my daughter's phone. Phone. Okay. And I was, I was like, uh, damn. Because I don't have barely any advertisements on mine. Barely any. I wonder why that is. I think it's because I never click on anything. I don't click like. I don't like uh, anybody's thing. Huh. I don't share anything. I'm just like, I'm like a a damn monk on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram monk yeah, over here. I'm okay. not, I'm not right. sending out them little hearts. Yeah, and I think that must be have what it, it must have something to do with it. Yeah, I would imagine so. Because, yeah, that's true. Because all like. How 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 many advertisements do you get? Do you right. think? I'm not bombarded with them, but they're part of my experience every single time. Yeah. For sure. But I'm, I'm actually surprised when I see one. 
I'll be like, uh, oh, there's one. I'll be oh, like, oh, no. what's that? Oh, it's a sponsored thing. and Because it, it always looks weird to me anyways. Because it's something that I'm not. It, it. I think the algorithm has a hard time figuring yeah. me out anyways. It sort of <laughs> doesn't know what to send my way. Because yeah. <laughs> it would make sense. And I don't know how these algorithms work specifically. But it would make sense where like, you know how you're scrolling, you know. And after yeah. a while, like especially when you're not like all into it. You're just scrolling for something that really catches your eye for whatever reason. So I wonder. It has to be monitoring how much. Like. It it's does like monitor how long and then you pause on it one. Does. Yep. Yeah. It, does. it monitors all that stuff. Uh, Every little move you make, it's sneaky, monitoring. Sneaky. And I wish I could think of this. I, I, I clicked on a YouTube video the other day. And you got to remember, for me, that's nothing. No investment whatsoever because I don't have to watch an advertisement. Right. So I clicked on a YouTube video and it was something so stupid. I can't remember what it is, but the freaking top comment, it said, it said, algorithm colon. And it said, this guy will watch anything or something like that. And I was like, that's so epic. They just got me. Bro, they got me. It was on YouTube comment? Yes, it was a YouTube Bro. comment. And look, I'm not going to uh, advocate for or against reading YouTube comments. But in this specific like pursuit, bro, the first comment or most popular comment on a YouTube thread is gonna in the other comment is going to be gold. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you. Like, I would say nine times out of ten, that first comment is going to be Because it gets worth, liked and risen the to time. the top, right? Exactly. It gets right. elevated. Yeah. What was this video? This video was 16 seconds long, and I can't remember what it was. It was something so freaking stupid yeah. and freaking hilarious that this comment said the algorithm figured out this yeah. guy will watch anything and so. it was literally true so In be that. careful for that oh yeah the algorithms are tracking but i'll click on like i'll click on freaking advertising oh straight up because to me i i feel like instead of i'm I, not it, clicking on advertisements this is a dangerous game i play though yeah. it's for See, dangerous like goes you're crazy like that yeah, I live on the edge of hardcore. So what what happens is because I don't want I don't want anything, and I don't like stuff. Okay, so okay, you're different. Than <laughs> I me see then. something like that looks dumb. Uh, okay. I just no, get past no, it. No man, you get curious. To me, if they it looks good, in. bro, I'm looking into that shit. Uh, so if it's like you know visual effects stuff or even little gadgets, you know. Like little freaking, you know, gadgets, you know, <laughs> like bro. sharper image, nineteen ninety four. You know, not stuff. so much that. Those are more for like being cool. But like, you know how, I don't know, little like some cooking stuff, like is pretty cool nowadays. Anyway, I'll click on it and I'll <laughs> save it to like a little thing so I can revisit, revisit it. Like, oh man, when I'm in the mood to like buy one of those or something like that. So I'm like a good like, cus- uh, what do you call it, the person who receives ads? I'm a good Sucker. audience guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Here's the thing. I am playing a dangerous game because yeah. I, I will just like fall into the sucker yeah. section. I know? think they probably just think I'm not worth it. Yeah. Like they, they, whatever algorithm they're running, yeah. like, oh, don't give this guy anything because he's not worth it. Yeah, don't, yeah, you're don't, cold. Don't, yeah. You're cold, cold lead, lead or whatever. Yeah. That's yeah, me. Yeah. Um, That's a good idea. Try and be a cold lead out there. No, but then then you, you then you freaking Unless you like miss cooking out. gadgets like bro, you, bro, you miss out on some cool stuff is what I'm saying. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The, the, you know, if it's cool enough. You'll see it again. Bro, there's a lens for a camera. Mm-hmm. That's It's called like a probe lens or something like that, right? It's like a, I forget that. I got I have one. You have one, yeah. Yeah. You used it to film the one of the commercials for one of the books because you were all excited about it. You brought it in. And yes, it to me, yeah. exactly right. Bro, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known about that if I didn't, you know, go deep on some advertisement algorithm victim stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, bro, that lens, yeah, it's like a little probe. It has a little light on it, and you can stick it in bottles. You can stick it between cracks and all this stuff. You see what I'm saying? I'm saying you, I would have missed out on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and that improves the capability of the, you know, of the 
the entity. You know what I'm okay. saying? All right. But anyway, I'm, what it's I'm a slippery slope for sure. Yes, be careful. Don't let it happen. Be careful. Especially the food stuff, Put bro. The food stuff, they can get you because those guys. I don't guys, think I've ever seen a food advertisement. On, do you see them on Instagram? No, 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 no. I oh. mean in general. So like, you know, on TV um, or even like signs. Yeah. You know? Like, bro, come on. Oh, you just, what'd you say? Red and yellow makes you want to eat? And that's yeah. the color of McDonald's. Yeah. Imagine that. Yep. McDonald's, Imagine Carl's that. Jr. Like, there's a lot of them. Yeah. If you notice now, you'll see a lot of red and yellow out there. Yeah. With these food places. A lot of, like, taco shops. Del Taco's red and yellow. I know that. Nonetheless, you got to be careful with this kind of stuff. Don't let it get you. <laughs> It'll get you. I'm telling you. All right. Let's get to some Q&A, man, before you buy some new lens. I know. I'm all hungry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, first question. I've been a deputy working in corrections for a little more than six years. The way we promote in my agency, and I think with most agencies, is participating in an oral exam before a panel of about three supervisors. Special operations team tests are a little different. Usually one executes the oral board before the whole team, and a physical test is included as well. I always do well in the physical aspect of my tests, often finishing first or with most points. With the most points. My hang-up, however, is with the oral board. I'm always, I always study my ass off, practice my opening and closing out loud, and pick the brains of the team members. But I still cannot make, a, I still cannot make selection. When I do not make selection, I speak, I speak to the board members about how I could do better. I'm obviously not doing enough, and I'm falling short. Do you have any tips on how to improve my oral board skills or have suggestions on how else to tackle this problem? Uh, Number one, role play, right? Getting some other people that are candidates or getting some of these people that you speak to during the board or that have been on the board before, sit there and role play with them and have them ask you a bunch of hard questions. And then here's a couple other. So so that's really helpful. You got to role play. What is an oral board? Like what is that? Uh, You sit down. You have to do this in the SEAL teams. Well, you used to have to do it. I don't think they do it anymore. But you used to have to sit down for an oral board and you'd go to the the weapons department and the armory and you'd sit down and they'd have a weapon and they'd be like, all right, they, there'd be a physical part too. They'd be like, break down this weapon. Mm. Or they'd, you'd walk in, there'd be just weapon parts all over the floor. Yeah. And they'd be like, there's nine weapons there. Oh, Build damn. them. Oh, and you just have to figure out what weapons parts are on there. And then as you're putting them together, the oral, once you get them put together, they're like, all right, What's the max effective range of that? What's the, what operating system is that weapon use? Mm. Uh, what's the, what, what's, what type of site is that? Mm. And, and they would just ask you a bunch of questions. Then you have to do the same thing with radios. Then they, have, then they get put you in an oral board for like tactics and planning and all that stuff. Gotcha. So it's just, it's just basically asking questions. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I think doing a, a murder board is actually what we used to call this, which means you just rip each other apart and ask really hard questions and, Give pushback and and just role play this thing as much as you can, and I think that's the best thing because you have study your ass off, but studying it and articulating it is a little bit different. And practicing only your opening and your closing—that's cool. You have a good opening, you have a good closing, but you fall apart like a disaster when you got to ask a couple questions in between. That's still not going to make you look good. So you gotta you gotta role play those parts. I'll tell you another thing: when someone asks you a question, take a freaking second and think about what they're asking you and think about what your answer is going to be. Mm. You don't have to start, when they say, hey Echo, how do you feel about this new weapon that we've just been issued? You don't say, well, I think it's a good, you know, you say like, think about what you're gonna say, pause for a second, and then give an answer. You don't mm. You don't sound stupid, as a matter of fact, you sound smart. 
Yeah, that's counterintuitive, right? Because pe- a lot of times, well, it feels like, you know, I'm imagining myself like, I could see how I would fall into the trap of being like, oh, I better, I better just answer it yeah. like I just knew it all, the whole time. No. You know, otherwise they're going to be like, oh, he's second guessing himself. He doesn't know. He's unsure. He's unsure. No. Uh-huh. I do this all the time. Every time somebody, yeah. just about every time somebody asks me a question, I wait. I think about it. I make sure I absorb the question. Once I've absorbed the question, I think, okay, okay, what answer am I going to give here? And it probably mm-hmm. takes like four seconds. Mm. Even if it took seven seconds, seven's a little long. But if you just say, then you start answering. That was six seconds I just counted in my head. That's not too long. Yeah. So think about it and and then give your answer. Talk about what you know. Don't talk about what you don't know. And bring questions back to what you do know. And if you don't know something, say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And say I'm not I'm not exactly sure what weapon system that is, but I do know that in the armory they have the manuals. I will look go look that up and I'll get back to you with the correct answer. Boom. And they actually taught you how to do that in the SEAL teams. They mm-hmm. taught you to do that. They taught you you, you don't bullshit mm-hmm. your way through this. If you don't know something, you just admit you don't know it and move move on. Here's another piece of advice: be yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes we're in there, we're trying to put on a performance. It's a lot harder to put on a performance than it is to just be you. And you wouldn't be up for this promotion if you didn't deserve to be there. Mm. So you don't have to think, oh, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. No, if you weren't ready, you wouldn't be in there. Mm. So be yourself, you know, be professional, but don't go in there and try and portray something that you're not. And that should put you in a more relaxed state, not a totally relaxed, you're not bullshitting with one of your friends, but you're also not in in the Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition, where you're going to get put on the rack and stretched out to your limbs break off. That's not happening. So just relax a little bit. Be yourself. And that's it, man. Relax, rehearse, role play, think, pause, and you'll do better. That's my opinion on the matter. I remember jo- I had a job interview a long time ago. Very long time. And he asked me a question. It was like, oh, you got, you went to school for this. Oh, so tell me this. And he asked me a question. It was a biomechanics question. And I remember like a split second just overthinking it and thinking of what I think he wanted to hear. So I bust out this answer, right? And the look on his face was so like he was so underwhelmed and unimpressed that I think that that was the moment that I didn't get the job. <laughs> But if I should have said like, hey, you know, I should have just said like, hey, I I don't know what you're asking specifically, but I do know this. I do know, you know, like basically what you're saying, like, hey, don't I was basically trying to act like, oh, yeah, fuck, of course I know that answer, you know, kind of a thing. And he just saw right through it. But it's hard. It was hard, especially being a young guy or whatever. And the point is like it's natural to be like, okay, like I'm getting asked this question from like a superior type person. So I better come off like I just know. And that's going to basically get me by or get impress them or whatever. Way more than me saying I straight up don't know. Right. You're supposed to know. Right. That's how it feels on the inside. Mm. Got to be careful that kind of stuff. Yeah. Don't, don't be afraid to say, I don't know. And there's something else that you, when you were just telling that story that made me think of Someone is asking you a question and you don't know. You pause. Oh, I can tell it's all the things I said. I think you just reiterated what I said. Yeah. Which My is real fine. life experience. Yeah. You brought that real world experience. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh-huh. I was gonna say, oh, this is what I was gonna say. <laughs> That's probably one of the many reasons you didn't get to <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch more reasons in that uh, one. I'm oh, tired. this is what I was going to say. Uh, sometimes people in the SEAL teams, when I, was, when I was running training, they would do what they thought I wanted them to do. Yes. And that was overthinking yeah. it. Yeah. You know, so they'd, I'd say, well, why did you, why did you maneuver that element over there? They're like, I thought that's what you would want me to do. It's yeah. like, no, no, I would have wanted you to solve the problem. Yeah. That's what I wanted you to do. Yeah. Solve the problem. Oh, yeah. So same thing here. And oh, that's the other thing I was going to say is ask a clarifying question if you need to. If somebody asks you a vague question or you don't really understand the question, be like, hey, well, are you talking about in my personal experience or are you talking about theoretically? Because yeah. theoretically I've been through that, but I really don't have any personal experience with that part of biomechanics. So... I'd have to get back with you with an answer on that, yeah. you know? So yeah. clarifying the question, that's another thing I do all the time, is I say, hold on, let me make sure I understand this. You're saying that if I was in this scenario, what would I personally do? Or have I been in that scenario before? Yeah. And they say, well, just if you were in it. Okay, well, here's what I would do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So ask a question too to get clarif- clarification is another positive thing to do. You run this risk a lot. Just by the nature of being you, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know the details of it, but you run this risk of people on your team doing that stuff. Like I thought you'd want to hear this, or I thought because there's they don't want to let you down. Yeah, yeah. If they have like level ten respect for you, you'll you'll like the the idea of you letting them down is way a way bigger de- deal. You know, like if you kind of you respect your boss and he's fine, but you don't really care that much, you're like, oh yeah, I don't know. Oh, I'll get back to you on it. Or, or, hey, is this, where are we on this little project or whatever? You're like, uh oh, I don't want to admit that I'm only halfway done when I think in my mind, you probably think I should be three quarters or fully done. You know, like that whole thing, the idea of letting you down or disappointing you, even in this small way, is like way, a way bigger deal, I think, for someone who they respect so much. Yeah, it's definitely something you got to be careful of. And it doesn't turn out good, you know? And it's a little bit counterintuitive. But, you got to say, what would I actually do in this situation? And here's another, you know, the the what would Jocko do thing mm-hmm. has to be replaced by what would Jocko really do? Mm-hmm. Because there's a difference. There's a difference between what you think, like Echo thinks, oh, Jocko wouldn't put up with this. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, that's a, a totally viable initial surface thought. Yeah. Jocko right. wouldn't put up with this. Yeah. As yeah. soon as you think about it, though, and you go, wait a second, would Jocko really come down here and say, look, I'm not putting up with this? No, he actually wouldn't do that. No. He would say, oh, well, why don't you explain to me what, what, why you're making this maneuver right now? Mm. So it's not just like, what would Jocko do? It's like, what would Jocko really do? Yeah. Because there's a difference between what yeah. you think and what your image is. Yeah, you are correct. That, that notion is correct. That is correct. Here, there's an additional thing that you'll never experience because you are you. And you're not your teammate. This is what, sure, Jocko's not going to jump down my throat. Jocko's not mm-hmm. going to scold me. Jocko's not going to reprimand. He's not going to yell at me. He's not going to embarrass me. He's not, I do not run any risk of getting overtly and outwardly, you know, accosted in any way mm-hmm. from Jocko ever because he would never do that. Yeah. When you really think, what would Jocko really do? He's not going to yell at me. We know that. All you got to do is think. Five seconds and like, okay, you know that. But that's not the fear. Yeah. <laughs> the fear is like in Jocko's mind, he's a little disappointed in me. You know, I let him down. He thinks a little bit less of me or he's not as impressed. Maybe I impressed you with something last week, right? And then today you asked me a hard question no. that I got to give you a better. <laughs> not me. Dude. But the, I'm just saying in general where 
you know, and I got that payoff, that big payoff of impressing Jocko. Now he thinks higher of me. And then I got to let him down and disappoint him in that little way. Now that whole, like me impressing him now that gets negated. I can't deal with that. Mm. It's hard. It's hard to deal with. So let me just fudge things. Let me exaggerate a little bit so I can maintain that impression. You know, it's like, that's the kind of mental stuff you got to deal with, I think. Or not me, of course, you know, I'm, you know, it's different with me, of course, but yeah. you see what I'm saying though? Yeah. A little bit crazy. I mean, I think it might, maybe you might go into a little extreme on this stuff, but it's all good. I appreciate the concept. Well, me explaining that by my, may make it sound like a bigger deal than it is, but yeah, yeah, it is real. hundred percent. That's real. Check. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. As Jocko. All right, next question. I'm constantly hearing about labor shortages these days. Help wanted signs are everywhere. My guess is that Origin Maine is not having the same type of issues. That's correction. Origin USA. Can you speak on how leadership and taking care of your people can get you through things like this? I've recently started a business providing logistics services for construction sites. I'm in the very early stages and I and I haven't hired my first employee yet. I have an opportunity to grow fast, but I'm more concerned with building a team first. Okay, so first of all, Origin is absolutely dealing with these issues just like everyone else's. There is a there is a massive labor shortage. There's been a lot of free money heading out from the government and that free money in some cases is more money than people might get paid if they had a job. Mm. And that has done a massive, that is to, that has put a massive strain on labor in America. And yes, that includes at Origin Maine. We, we need more people for sure. Um, so th- that being said, we are doing our best to get through it. We are getting through it. We've done a, a great job. Pete up there um, has been doing a, a fantastic job. But you know, obviously, there was there was parts of, especially during the pandemic and the lockdown and all that. There was times where a lot of companies suffered massive labor shortages. We didn't. I will say, Pete did a fantastic job getting through that. Why? Good relationships. The relationships were stronger than the than the government handouts, yeah. which is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And and Pete, you know, had to explain to people, look, like this, we need you. And we know that you could make just as much money sitting at home, literally sitting at home, you can make just as much money right now because the government is giving away a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Here's why we need you. And people understood that and people are proud to work there and people got in the game and, and did an incredible job throughout the pandemic and now we're up out of the pandemic and, well, I guess we're, I think we're kind of out of the pandemic. Um, who knows, maybe we back into it. I don't know, Delta, Lambda, all the variants are coming down the pipe now with their their deals. Uh, so when you have good relationships, you can get through a lot of that. That being said, the question remains, how would you start a team? So building, te- building a team from scratch, look, you gotta get some people that have experience in the business that you're in, but you can get people that have the right characteristics and the right potential, and you can you can build a lot with them as well. You can you can build a majority of your people just by hiring the right types of people that may not have the experience that you're looking for. You're gonna need some experience. Mm-hmm. Or you're gonna need somebody that knows how to do something, whatever your business is. 
You know, if you're working on cars, you're gonna need to hire some mechanics that know how to work on cars. If you're building houses, you're gonna need to hire some people that know how to build houses. But you take one person that knows how to build a house and you give them a team of people with the right characteristics and they are gonna be able to do an out, a really, really good job. And so what are we looking for? We're looking for people that are humble. We're looking for people that are hungry. Humble and hungry, great combination, smart. Because if you hire stupid people, it's not gonna work out great and strong work ethic. So humble, hungry, smart, and a strong work ethic. That, that's what I'm looking for. And if you hire a bunch of people that are humble, hungry, smart, and have a strong work ethic, that is, they, they, will, they will multiply the force of the few people that you can hire that actually have the experience. And maybe you're one of those people. You can build out an outstanding team by hiring people that have the right characteristics. And those are sort of the characteristics that I would be looking for. You know, when someone's humble, it's really easy to teach them because they're humble. If someone's hungry, they're working hard. They, they, they know they want to grow. If someone's smart, they're gonna take that humble humbleness and that humility and they're gonna take that hunger and they're gonna aim it in the right direction. They're gonna make things happen. And none of this matters if they're not willing to work hard. So some good things to look for. You got a huge opportunity. There's, there, there are people out in America right now that wanna get after it. Find them and give them jobs and give them a future. It's an amazing thing. Oh, logistic services, that's where he's at. I, I missed that. Logistic services for construction sites. Cool. You, you can take people, you're gonna need a few pros, but everyone else is like, hey, here's, this, here's what we bring, here's what we deliver, here's how we deliver. Set up the values right so people understand what the mission is. We're gonna move places. Next question. Next question. I'm an open water lifeguard in Ocean City, New Jersey. Many administrators on the patrol are now caught up in allegations of some pretty awful things. They're being investigated for misconduct in addition to a variety of serious sexual harms. I will likely be promoted in this environment, which has an added pressure of accountability regarding the treatment of potentially sensitive coworkers. As a training officer, I would like to find out how far I'm allowed to push those I instruct. I would also like to figure out how I might help to change the culture of our administration. I appreciate your thoughts. Uh, so how do we find out how hard you can push people? Well, this is, the, the first thing you do is you ask, well, what are the rules and regulations about this? Like how hard am I allowed, well, how long can I put someone in the water for? How many push-ups can I make them do? How many, how long can I keep them uh, doing a run for? How long are they allowed to run? Like you just ask these questions. Yeah. Hey, what are the standards that we have here? Now, there's a chance that there's no standards. If there's no standards, create them. What you do is you write the task, condition, and standard. In other words, hey, we have to do a three-mile beach run. That's the task. The condition is beach, regular shoes, um, or running shoes. This is the conditions part. Beach, medium tide, because you want a little bit of soft sand or whatever. You, know, you come up with those conditions to this marker and back, and the standard is Three mile run, you gotta be able to do it in 21 minutes, seven minute mile. There you go, that's the task, condition, and standard. And then you also present the purpose, the why we have this. Well, because good for someone to be in good cardiovascular shape and to be able to move quickly down the beach and be able to carry out our job, this is a good standard to have. Mm. 
You know, you could say, oh, the distance between our towers is approximately a half a mile and we have this many towers in order for someone to get from all the towers, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it should make sense. Maybe you make it sprints instead, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's, hey, they should be able to do a 100-yard sprint in whatever time. Why? Oh, because this is how far it is from most of our towers to an area where they might need to go do a rescue. Mm -hmm. So you write those task, condition, and standards and you present them. And you say, this is what I'm gonna do. The military training has all this stuff. Even SEAL training has these things. Hmm. Like task conditions, you know, this is what you gotta do, this is how long you gotta do it for, this is, they don't really say the purpose, mm. but the purpose is kinda known. Mm. We want you to quit. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> uh, so that's what we're doing. Culture. Now, we change the culture by modeling the correct behavior. That's what I always tell people. Oh, you wanna, you wanna have a good culture? You gotta model that correct behavior. And you also create culture by telling the story of the organization. But what's interesting here is this organization has some bad allegations against them and have done some things that we're assuming are not good. So what we wanna do in order to change the culture is you actually tell the story of what was wrong. And you make that, hey, we don't act like that because of this. Here's what happened when this went down before. Here's how this made us look in the community. Here's what it did to our trust with the community. So you create your culture by exposing and telling the stories of what was wrong before, and that will start to push your culture in the right direction. Check. Next question is, Kyoto, BJJ, a good style. Do the different styles matter? About to join BJJ Jiu-Jitsu. Just wanted to see if there was a difference. Thanks. So, so there is a difference between Jiu-Jitsu and, well, there's a difference between Japanese Jiu-Jitsu and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. There's a big difference between those two things. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is what you hear Echo Charles and I talking about all the time. Um, as far as specifically with Kyoto Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I'm, I, I can't say that I know specifically about that. You know, if this is someone's name and it's like, oh, this is whatever, Fred Smith's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Fred Smith is a world champion, then cool, right on. That's a really positive thing. Uh, if, it's, if it's whatever, uh, Dean Lister, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, well, Dean Lister's a world champion, and that's probably a good school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, you you know, you, you pick a, a person's name, and it has Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu on it, that's cool. There's also, there's also like, schools that are not named after a person's name that are really good schools. It mm-hmm. could be Cleveland Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mm-hmm. and it could be awesome. Oh, yeah. It could be Victory MMA, Victory Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, that's what we have. So I'm not sure the Kyoto name I don't specifically know about, but this is what I do know. What you want is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. If you want to train Jiu-Jitsu, you want to train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You want, and Echo, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think for the most part it's accurate. You want a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school where the lineage can be traced back to the Gracie family or a Gracie family member, or can be traced back to someone that has had serious competitive success as a competitor in jiu-jitsu. Now, 
so, so when you take someone and you, you go to a school, you can trace the lineage back of where they came from. And just about all those should lead back to uh, one of the Gracie family, either either Carlos or Elio or anyone in the Gracie family. They should be able to get back to there. Um, could you have someone that's a catch wrestler and has a bunch of skills? Yes, you could. There, there is such a thing. And that they teach now, teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, that'd be a little bit strange, right? Probably not what we're looking for. And there's nothing... Catch wrestling is awesome. But if you're asking specifically you want to join, start Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I can tell you it's harder to find uh, or it, there's more kind of fake catch wrestling out there than there is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and there's, again, catch wrestling is awesome. Catch wrestling has freaking roots and is incredibly effective. It's also a little bit harder to track down where somebody might have come from. <laughs> so... We're talking about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You should be able to figure out what the lineage is. If it goes back to the a Gracie family member, or it goes back to someone that has had really com- impressive competitive success. How do you figure that out? You Google their name, and you see if they've won the Moon Giles, or you see if they've won the, the Pan Ams, or you see if they've won what's a, the ADCC. So you find out who they are. So for this specific school, again, I, I don't know because I don't know every school that there is, uh, but you shouldn't have an instructor there that's legit. You should have a competitive instructor, right? You should have somebody that's actually competed and done well. Um, just, I can't think of any Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructors. It might be, if you had somebody that was, um, like really old school, you might not be able to find their competition stuff online. Yeah. Um, but they should have created. Here's one more point. Have they created? Has that school produced some legit champions? Mm. That's another. So that's another thing to look for. All three of these things would be great. If you only have one of these things, like you know, I could be some guy that trained Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the 80s but i really didn't do much with it and now i just own a school but i haven't produced any champions and i don't i didn't compete myself might be a little bit suspect so have they have they produced any champions and that's easy you know you say you ask your you ask your when you go in there you say hey look i really want to compete do you have anybody that's compete that competes Mm. do you have a competition team maybe you don't even want to compete but it's good to know Mm. That you got some some pipe hitters there. So those are the things you want to look for. There is there is a difference between different. Oh, and then the other thing is you ask, what do different styles matter? Yes, there's some jiu-jitsu schools that are focused on the gi. Some are focused on no gi. Some are focused on competition. Some are focused on self-defense. Some are focused on jiu-jitsu as a hobby. Some are focused on jiu-jitsu as a, as a, as a competitive sport. Mm. So what is it that you want? And that's a good thing to figure out as well because there is a difference. You know, some jiu-jitsu schools, you bow before you get on the mat and you wear a matching uniform as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Some jiu-jitsu schools, you wear whatever you want. You're not bowing. You're going out and training. So what are you looking for? <laughs> yeah. All make sense? 
Did I miss anything? Yeah. Oh, because the the lineage can go to the machados as well. But the, if you tr- if you follow machados, it goes back. Yeah. T- so I, and I'm not c- completely clear. Hickson was kind of talking about it mm-hmm. a little bit where the machados were, um, like the in laws, right? Yeah. 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 But you're still, I'm, I guess I'm calling that Gracie family. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like the same. The you're going to get back to the Gracie family yeah. at some point. Yeah, um, yeah. Including, that includes the Machados for 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a legit one. Which is, I was trying to think, well, am I being am I being crazy by saying that? Yeah. And I was like, well, no, because if you learned Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you're going to have to get back to that point at, yeah. some, at some point in time. Yeah. At some point in time, you're going to get back to somebody you're going to get back to the Gracie family yeah. at some point. Yeah, and the and the kind of the good news too about that is is when you trace like lineage, like some you don't have to go all the way to the Gracie family. Sometimes you can just go to Dean and you're like cool, yeah. legit, you know, yep. go to Andre Gaval or Hodge Gracie or something, and you're like cool. But if you went to Dean and you c- continued to trace, yeah. you'd find yep, Jeff right. Higgs, then you'd find Fabio Santos, then you'd find Hicks and Gracie, then yeah. you'd find Elio Gracie. Yeah, With exactly. Holes Gracie in there too. Yeah. But but Holes Gracie died before he gave Fabio his black belt. So, yeah, and, and that's the same with like anybody. Yeah. So if you find that high, there's no there's no like, wow. I'm sure that maybe there is. I can't even imagine that there is someone that that is from a separate like yeah seed. Yeah, there has to be. Some, it feels like there should be some exception, but I'm with you. Yeah. I don't know that there is an. Maybe exception. we could find an exception. And maybe that could, you know, I'm sure there's some, I'm sure there's a blue belt, especially nowadays, maybe there's a blue belt or a purple belt that broke off, that didn't get there. Yeah, broke off, like yeah. Yeah. from what? But yeah, yeah, then, then, then like you still. The information came. So maybe the lineage, maybe there's a break in the lineage. Maybe somebody had like, he trained here, he trained there, he trained here, he yep. trained there, but yep. he still got his belt from somebody. Yep. Unless you're one of these guys who give yourself the belt. Which then we're, we're real suspect. That's suspect, yourself. yes. There's your <laughs> suspect right there. The Kyoto BJJ, just that alone, just knowing just that name, sounds like a, just a legitimate Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school with the name Kyoto. Just like Pacific Heights yeah, yeah, yeah. BJJ. Yeah, we just don't know. Or, we'd, yeah. have to like, we'd have to do some research there. But it, it, yeah, a name of any kind, Yeah, you know? Northwest Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu yeah. can be a completely legit school. Yeah, and it's the B in the BJJ. Yeah. The B, that's what makes it probably legit, unless there's a straight-up lie in there <laughs> somewhere, which it's very rare, but, you know, because Jiu-Jitsu community is really good at, like, calling these guys out. Yeah. But the only exception I can see, maybe this Kyoto whatever, I'm saying potentially, mm-hmm. hypothetically, whatever, what if it's, like, one of these guys who's like, oh, I want to bring back my old school um regular traditional uh japanese jujitsu mm-hmm. but let me just put the b in there for marketing, marketing? purposes Oof. yes that's something we need. we would definitely want to watch out for that yeah because some i i've heard of karate people doing oh, that yeah. be like they'll be like oh yeah um you know xyz bjj and karate yeah oh yeah yeah and then it's all karate in there and they'll be like oh here's the guard and then the, it's all karate you see what i'm saying i've seen um you know like a martial arts school yeah and it'll have what they teach and it'll say they teach Kempo, Taekwondo, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right. grappling, right, right. ninjutsu, and Rex Kwondo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they throw it all Amerodote. in there. They throw it all in there. Ameridote. So so just be careful of that. Go to some different schools and and figure it out. Because you know, we started this 
we started this off talking about marketing, right? So yeah. just be careful. You might be a victim of marketing. You want to watch out for that one. Yeah. Thankfully, it's pretty. It's not that hard to find the the you know the um, the jam up if. In fact, there is a jam up. I, I'm assuming, I'd say this is about 90% chance, that, uh, given what I know, which is nothing. Yeah, yeah, we just don't know. I'd say there's a 90% chance that it's legitimate. Kill BJJ. Check. I guess it depends on where it is, too. But run it through that. Run it, run it through the filters, right? Yeah. Is the, does it trace back? Is there uh, legit competitors coming out of there or serious competitors that have been produced from there? Is the instructor, because sometimes... You know, this is another thing. Like, you could have somebody that has that does have lineage that then, like, somebody's using that name and it's not being tracked very well. You know, so just yeah. just look for somebody that's real in that school. That's like they've either that has had competitive success yeah. and they're either the teacher. And then on top of that, are they producing champions? Because yeah. someone else could be. Here's another problem. You know, I'm Jocko. I competed and I was a champion. But I don't teach my classes really. Right. Someone else does. Yeah, I just Echo does, and he's sort of like just some other guy. And I just, whack, yeah. yeah, I just want to make money. So yeah. cool. you can use my name, Echo, but I want money. Yeah. But you can make some money, but you don't really know what you're doing. But that's okay because yeah. I just care about money. Yeah, if the yeah, the guy doesn't know what he's doing, but that is kind of a common thing where it's like. You know, the guy's name, but usually that guy has yeah. like a, a fair amount of responsibility yeah. to understand what's being taught. And, and I was about to say also, again, just to go back on myself again, there's plenty of schools where like, oh, the school is run by or the school's name is whoever. And the primary instructor is someone else. And that guy is totally freaking legit. Like when yeah. I went to Hickson's back in the day, oh, yeah. you know, Hickson wasn't teaching every class. Lemon was teaching of a majority of the classes. Yeah. Guess what? He's freaking legit. Yeah. So it's not like it was a less legit school. Right. It, and so you could have a situation like that where, oh, this is, oh, the how come the guy's not teaching? Well, he's, you know, he, he doesn't teach there. He has, he has four different schools. He yeah. teaches one class a week at each of the schools. I run this school. Yeah. My name's Jocko. I, I'm competitive, blah, blah, blah. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, just like 10th Planet, right? Where it's yeah. like 10th Planet synonymous Eddie Bravo, right? Yeah. So Eddie Bravo's not teaching in all the 10th Planets, but <laughs> you get some freaking sick teachers there oh, for sure. at you know most of the 10th, 10th Planets. So same deal. So at the end of the day, sure, run it through the filter, but you you got to go in there, try yep. free class, yep. see how you like it. Um, keep your ears kind of open yeah. and and of course stay humble because you don't run into a situation where it's like this newbie questioning the instructor don't yeah, do that yeah, but yeah. keep your eyes open like if they're teaching you some dumb stuff which you won't know by the way well that's how people are on mcdojo life just yeah. getting thrown down voluntarily <laughs> yeah it's true man don't it's trust true. yourself on this one man yeah it's hard trust it's the hard. experts just try though next question. last question uh great pos- podcast big fan i'm an ex-army medic Here's my question. How do I stay ambitious in a job that has fulfilled everything, that has fulfilled everything? Good pay, good hours, challenging enough, etc. There's no moving up or laterally, and I should be sitting back happy. But I have excess ambition that I would like to apply professionally somehow. Not a hobby or sport. I am very grateful for the position I have, but I don't know how to turn the ambition off. Any suggestions? What's weird about this is... Is it, if it's challenging enough, what more do you want? So if something's challenging every day, then it's like kind of cool, right? And we've got good pay and we've got good hours and it's challenging, I'm kind of okay with that. It's kind of weird that something has no moving up or no moving laterally. So we're just like totally stuck. I don't know, maybe it's a government job where, you know, he got out of the army as a medic and now he's, 
in a government job like you could you could be an army medic instructor and that's what you got hired for and that's what you're going to do mm-hmm. and you're just going to keep doing that and it can be challenging because every day you're working with new students and sometimes it's a little tricky to teach them because they're dumb but you know you get it done and but you're not there's no there's no room for promotion there. Mm-hmm. like very limited because it's a government job everyone's kind of in their place so may, maybe that's the situation um and if that's the case you know well eventually there has to be some opportunity for you to move up or handle you know, do something different for that organization. If it's not a situation like that and you're not in the government, what kind of company are you at that there's no growth, that they don't need more leadership, that there's not new market areas, that they're not making new products? So it's a little strange to me. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying it's strange to me to envision something where like, hey, this is it. This is where you're at. We've got nothing else for you. Do your job. Do it good. You're going to make good money. Um. So that that's kind of my initial assessment. But then, okay, let's take it for what it's worth. Okay, so that's where you're at. You got a good pay, you got good hours. It's challenging enough, but you're, there's no room for growth. Cool, uh, do a side gig, bro. <laughs> let's figure out what can you learn, what can you start, what can you do, what kind of education can you get, what kind of, what can you do in your life to do something that's professional, because that's the big thing. He wanted to do something professionally, not a hobby or not a sport because otherwise we'd just be sitting here saying just train jiu-jitsu and get really freaking good which you know is kind of like still an urge to say mm-hmm. but what can you do what kind of side gig can you start that you can then develop into a professional growth opportunity you know and maybe if you're working for a company that they don't want to grow and they just want to sit there maybe you go and Start your own company where you're gonna grow and you're gonna take all right I, I don't like to encourage that kind of behavior because it seems like that might be a little bit uh, you know, stabbing, biting the hand that feeds you, right? Mm-hmm. To go out and be like, oh, I'm just gonna start my own and we're gonna do better. Mm-hmm. But if they're static, it, someone's gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Someone's gonna do that to that company. And if there's room for growth, this is capitalism, and if there's room for growth and they're not growing and you see an opportunity, you can't be prosecuted for going out and taking advantage and wanting to pursue life, liberty, and Happiness, right? You can't you're, you can't be pros- prosecuted for that. So I think this is a good opportunity. This is actually an amazing opportunity. Good pay, good hours, challenging enough. Guess what? That means you got an opportunity to, to make an investment, to start to figure out what you can do with your side hustle, your side gig, and start saying, "Oh, I could produce this thing. I could make this thing. I could start this job. I could do something else." If you got that. Uh, that excess ambition, man, put it to work. There's opportunities everywhere in this country. Take advantage of the good, stable situation that you're in and go make something happen. And I want 10% ownership just for the consulting fee. Anyways, just kidding. Uh, Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for supporting the cause. Speaking of side gigs, if you want to support what we're doing here, you can go to JockoFuel.com. You can go to OriginUSA.com. You can go to JockoStore.com. You can go to EchelonFront.com. Some side gigs going on. <laughs> if you want to find us on the interwebs, Echo is at Echo Charles. I am at Jocko Willink. And thank you for supporting this side gig that we've got, the underground, which could at some point, if circumstances arise, could become the primary gig for all of us and the only remaining 
bastion of freedom in the world. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko.